Out of that recognition of the importance of regularly being in God's word and acknowledging those who were able to make that commitment and encouraging others to maybe consider it in the future, it is an appropriate lead-in to the centerpiece of our worship, which is hearing from God's word. And I'd like to invite us to welcome, uh, to read to us both our lesson for today, which is again a throwback to the 8595 liturgy, as well as our gospel lesson. Uh, they will be read by uh, Pastor Paul Johnson's grandchildren, Nick and Casey Johnson, and they're going to come to read scripture for us this morning. Good morning. Today's lesson will be from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16, found on page 815 of the Pew Bible. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The Holy Gospel reading today comes from Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, and that can be found on page 702 in your pew Bible. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? 
They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is the word of the Lord. This is such a blessing. These services have been such a blessing. For those of you who maybe haven't been with Grace for 50 years, maybe you've just been here for five months, maybe, you know, last week, thank you for being willing to learn about our story because very much of who we are, if you keep coming back, has to do with how God has moved and worked in this church over 50 years. And what's great about these services is to hear about different people that we've highlighted, and there's so many more who are a part of that story. And I've been looking forward to this service in particular because Pastor Paul Johnson... I had the pleasure to know coming at the latter stage of his ministry, but even then you could see, I, I could sense, and through inter my interactions with him, the reflection of what so many people lift up uh, as being so crucial to the growth and life of this church, and more importantly, its impact on the wider community. Pastor Paul was a missionary in Japan before, and a, then a Bible teacher, teaching uh, before he became the full-time pastor here at Grace, and we thought it was appropriate, looking at those years, 85 to 95, to have a member of the Johnson family come and to preach, particularly because so many of them <laughs> have gone into ministry. And Pastor Dave Johnson and his lovely wife Ruth, who are here with us today, who I'd like you to welcome in just a moment, they started out as missionaries, uh, missionaries in Madagascar. Uh, so, again, supported by this community at, during the 85-95 decade, we were supporting 13 missionary partnerships, which, which was incredible at that time. I think one of the, not to brag, but the most of, of almost any church in this area. And they were a part of that, and from that experience in Madagascar, um, Pastor Dave came back and came, became an ordained pastor, and he has served many churches. He's currently serving in Bend, Oregon. I had the pleasure of serving with Pastor Dave at a Curcio weekend, which is a sort of a weekend pilgrimage, um, and he has an incredible an incredible personality, a heart for the Lord. He ha he's got great wit, um, but what imp impacted me the most, and it's funny because when I was, I was the lead pastor asked to look for pastors, what people said to me again and again, you have to have Pastor Dave. You have to have Pastor Dave. You have to have Pastor Dave because he's gonna be the heart of the weekend. And the weekend that I got to serve with him in ministry, I have to say that was absolutely true. Um, so I was blessed to, to get to know you in that context. And I want to invite you now to come and bring us the word of God. Can we welcome Pastor Dave and his wife, Ruth? First of all, I feel like I'm a little bit overdressed, you know, so uh, this is what we wear in Madagascar, so. <laughs> but you, you, you can see the little lemur on my tie, so it, this gives me the opportunity to wear that, so anyway, that's nice. Um, I just want to begin by saying thank you for inviting me and my wife Ruth back here to celebrate with you this 50 years of grace. And uh, this is really a church that I kind of grew up in. And so it's just really special to see a lot of uh, people who I remember, a lot of people who remember me. And uh, anyway, would you please pr pray with me? <sighs> Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you for your grace and your love for us. Lord, we know that you have called each one of us to be responsible members of your church and to do the work that you've called us to do. And that's what we're about here at Grace, Lord. And we just want to say thank you for you moving amongst us through these last 50 years and look forward to another 50 years of this. We just pray, Lord, that you will just send your Holy Spirit in a more powerful way each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to imagine a particular setting. This is a college library. It was evening. And uh, both of us were studying. 
And at the same moment, um, we happened to look up and our eyes met. And I've, I saw her, I've seen her before and she had seen me before. And something passed between us across the distance of the library tables there that night. And it was enough for me to feel that she must have been, she, in her look, she was kind of saying, I don't think I would mind you coming over and saying hi to me. And so I did. And then we got married. <laughs> well, actually, I left out a whole lot of very interesting parts. And actually, it was another two years and many details later that we finally got married. But kind of what I want to do this morning with all of you is to kind of observe how certain moments or certain events in life get filled with special significance. Uh, now, I was asked to talk about the years uh, between 85 and 95, that particular decade. And uh, during that time, uh, as Pastor Chris said, I was over in Madagascar. I was a member of Grace. Um, I had grown up uh, for a lot many years here in this church. Um, the, the, I was actually, I remember seeing a bulletin. I was even listed as a, a staff member because I was one of your missionaries. Um, actually, we were supported by five different Lutheran churches, but this church, Grace, was the biggest supporter of us. Um, and uh, actually, I just really loved how Grace supported world missions. Um, and I understand, as Chris said, that you had 13 missionary families just during that decade uh, that you were supporting. I, actually, I remember when I was home on furlough, I was talking to some of the leaders of the World Mission Program of the church back uh, in Minneapolis, and they were saying, you know what, uh, Grace Lutheran Church was the biggest supporter financially of world missions this side of the Mississippi. And I thought that was just really cool. I mean. Isn't that amazing to think about how high, how wide and how high God's love just radiates out from this congregation? Well, the scripture lesson that you're using for this 50th anniversary is from Ephesians chapter 4. And when I look at this verse, what this is telling me is that Paul is really concerned for the church. And his concern was that the church would know what the church ought to be about, and so that the church would be able to see God's plan in it and for it. That's something that happens when we are able, for instance, at times like anniversaries that we're celebrating now, that when we're able to look back at special moments. Actually, it was my dad who got me thinking about life in this way uh, when he used to talk about time. I don't know if, if any of you remember any of his sermons when he would talk about the difference between Kairos time and Kronos time. Uh, Kronos time is actually the time that they used for talking about the passage of time. Uh, you know, hour after hour, day after day, month after month, and so on. Um, Kairos time does not talk about the passage of time. Uh, it, it refers to special moments in time. And, and I, I think... My dad, I don't know if he ever used it this way, but I'm pretty sure that he would have just called them special, fantastic moments of time. Uh, <laughs> and that's kind of where my thinking went when 
uh, I, I was asked to come down here and, and preach on this Sunday uh, to speak for this 50th year anniversary to think about the special, fantastic moments back between 85 and 95. And so I want us to be thinking about these fantastic moments. And what I want to do is I want to just go one step further than my dad did. I mean, isn't that kind of what a son is supposed to do, to just kind of go one... Uh, in fact, I do actually in more ways than one try to emulate my dad, you know. But um, uh, I, I want to go one step moment. And in the same way that Jesus in Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, talks about, uh, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, who was, who is, and is to come. Uh, he's talking about kairos moments. Um, and I want us to think about time here on this earth and life in relationship with him as special moments. And they're special because God is involved in them. They're not random because God is involved in them. And because God is involved in those moments, I want to call these moments sacramental moments. Now, we Lutherans, of course, we're we know that we have two sacraments in our church. We talk, call them baptism and the Holy Communion. And the reason we call them sacraments is because of Christ's presence. We talk about Christ's real presence in the sacraments. Um, but I want to just tell you that I have experienced a whole lot of other moments in life where I really believe God was present in very extraordinary ways, very special moments, fantastic moments, if you will, where we really sense God's presence in a way that is beyond the ordinary. And that's why I kind of like to call them sacramental moments. Because I really believe that any moment where God steps in and makes his presence known, such as in the sacraments, that's what I, why I want to call them sacramental moments. Now let me just kind of give you some examples. Um, the births of our two boys, we have three kids, but the births of our two boys were in Madagascar. And they were sacramental moments in more ways than one. Um, but actually, our daughter was born while we were home on furlough. Um, and believe it or not, our daughter's birth here in the United States was a lot more scary than our boys' births in Madagascar. We were sitting in church. This was actually, we were back in Minnesota, where the headquarters of our mission was. Uh, and Ruth started having some contractions, and she wasn't supposed to. And so we quickly ran to the hospital, and long story short, she had an emergency C-section. Well, while we were there in the hospital, Ruth's grandmother comes into the room, and we're wondering, what in the world? How in the world she ha had she heard so quickly that we were in the hospital? Well, she had just brought Grandpa in to the hospital that same day, um, and she was like about four, he, he was like four uh, floors down, he had a, heart, had, heart, had a heart attack, and she heard about Jessica's birth, and then she went down and told Grandpa about Jessica coming here to this world, and then Grandpa died that same night. And that experience of new life in this world, as well as new life in the next, all at the same moment, I count that a sacramental moment. Of course, there are many moments like that that I could share with you because, you know, anniversaries are really times of remembering. And that's kind of what some of you were over next door when we were having the panel discussion. And that was just kind of neat to just hear all the memories uh, of over the, uh, during that decade, uh, during this anniversary. And as I share more of these 
kinds of moments. I guess one thing I just want to say ahead of time is to pay attention to those special sacramental moments of life, the moments and the memories that after all is said and done, the ones that are going to be remembered as most important and most special. And they're most important because God is there and God is doing something very special in that particular moment. Now, I know that I shared a whole lot of moments with you when I used to come home and preach here on furlough. Um, we would come home every couple years and I would be able to share with you some of those. But let me just kind of back up for a little bit uh, because I want to tell you about a couple of other sacramental moments that I believe helped make me who I am. Uh, and they began back when I was a youth here at Grace. Um, I remember I used to hang out with the youth group. We called it Luther League back in those days, if you remember. I don't think our youth groups use that much anymore. Um, but I remember that our youth group, we were from uh, lots of high schools. I mean, from Huntington, Marina, uh, Edison, Fountain Valley, Westminster. But we all came together, and we really enjoyed hanging out together here at the church. Uh, we were being church. And when I went away to college... I remember one of the things that we were able to do is to come home at Christmas time, and you had something that was called Student Recognition Sunday. I don't know if you remember that. I don't know if they do that anymore at any churches, you know. Um, but I remember it was a time when all of us were able to reacquaint ourselves with each other, and, and you kind of let us take over the worship service. And now I was a biology major, and I was really studying to be pre-med at the time. But I remember one of those Student Recognition Sundays, I was asked to preach. And... Um, I know that it was in moments like that as well as other moments that really kind of kept my heart open uh, to allow me to hear when God called me to switch gears and to think about going to seminary to be a pastor again these are all moments as I trace through them in my mind they were all guided by God and I remember that moment also when I was able to call home and to tell my dad and my mom that I had heard God's call to, to be, go to seminary and uh, to be a pastor. And I remember my dad said, did you hear his, his God speaking in a loud voice? And I said, it was so much louder than that. As I mentioned uh, about the Apostle Paul in our lesson from the Ephesians, the fact that he was so concerned about the church of Jesus Christ that they would understand God's plan and purpose for it. Only in understanding its purpose as the body of Christ would the church be able to do the job that God called it to do as God planned. And I believe that some of those moments here at Grace, along with some of the other churches that I've, I have been involved with, um, they helped not just make me a pastor, but they really helped make me the, be the pastor that I am today. Um, I mentioned our, our serving as missionaries over in Madagascar, and I remember when our time of serving over in Madagascar was over with, I experienced other sacramental moments. Uh, we came home in 1992. Um, at that time, Pastor Dad, um, that's why I always referred to him as Pastor Dad, and uh, that he had just retired the year before. Uh, pastor John Brodowski had become your new pastor, uh, and I remember that I had just begun my brand new job in my first church here in the United States. And it was two weeks later that my brother Tim, who was also a pastor, 
was attacked by a brain tumor. Now, I know that Grace was a full of a bunch of powerful prayers. You guys were praying for my brother throughout his, his brain injury. And as I look back on that time, I really look at it that that was a sacramental moment uh, for us because not only were, I mean, obviously it was a terrible experience, but God had allowed my family to come home to be here at a time when we all needed to be together as a family. And it was during that time of crisis when a very special sacramental moment happened to me. And I kind of want to share it with you. It's very personal, but, and you can choose to believe it if you, as being real or not. Um, but let me just tell you, it was very real to me. When we came back from Madagascar, um, it, it was not an easy time for myself or for my family. I, I mentioned that two weeks after I began my new job as a pastor here in the States, Tim was attacked by this uh, brain tumor. And some of the things that happened, just to kind of make a long story short, uh, because of Tim's illness, um, the primary care for Tim um, fell on his family, obviously. Um, my brothers, uh, my sister, uh, my mom and dad, um, and myself. And I remember finding myself driving uh, UCLA Medical Center, other care facilities, down here to Huntington Beach, uh, where my folks lived and, uh, and live, <laughs> um, and then taking my turn watching um, my brother's two uh, daughters while he would continue to recover. And I, I really felt Tim's need for me. I felt my parents' and family's need for me. I felt my brand new church's need for me. And I could never spread my t my, myself enough to, that where I really felt comfortable that I was meeting all those needs. Because at the very same time, my family was going through a very terrible culture shock, um, trying to adjust to this brand new country. We just had left Madagascar, um, which really was home for my whole family, my kids, but also really for my wife, Ruth, um, because she had grown up in Madagascar. And so my family was in crisis, and I couldn't give them enough of me. And, and needless to say, with all these demands that I was feeling, uh, I was overwhelmed. And I was kind of feeling at the end of my rope. And that's kind of, I knew I needed a pastor, but that's kind of a hard thing for a pastor to admit to. And so one day, I felt I just needed to get away. And I went up into the hills. Actually, this was in Chino Hills. And I was in this one park that overlooked the Inland Valley. And they had trails up and down and all around. And I was just following those up. And I, was, I don't know what I was looking for. I was, no, I was talking to God. In fact, I was just yelling at God. I was mad at him. I was telling them I was overwhelmed. I needed him to intervene. I didn't know what I was needing. And after getting exhausted by just yelling at, my, at God, I finally sat down. And when I looked up, I'm just going to tell you, I saw an angel. And I thought, God, you know, if this is really from you, you need to make this more real. And just as I said that, the, the angel's face just got brighter and brighter until I had to look away. And at that moment, I knew that God was saying to me, Dave, trust me. Dave, I'm there for you. Everything's going to be okay. And I'll tell you, I felt a sense of peace at that moment that I had never felt before. An amazing, sacramental, affirming moment 
for me. And, and so some of you are probably thinking, well, what, what can you say about moments like that? You know, some of you I know have had similar experiences because after I've shared that with some people, people are, are free to come up and they talk to me about that. They said, yeah, pastor, I've never kind of been nervous to share that with somebody, but now I know I can share that with you. I remember sharing that moment with uh, Pastor John Berdowski who shared with me a similar moment that he had. Um, is there anything that we can say about experiences like that? Well, as children living in this world that God created, this world that Jesus loves so much, I really believe that these are things that we ought to be able to share, special moments, sacramental moments, if you will, to share with each other, to encourage each other in the face of all, a lot of different things that were going on in this world. And hopefully, that's something that we're all doing during this anniversary celebration of remembrances. You know, um, one of the things that your pastor, Pastor Chris, asked me to do is to, to share a word of vision for the future of grace. Uh, and maybe some of you have heard that or read about that article that came out just this past month from the Pew Research Center, uh, the survey that it did, that kind of was basically saying that uh, Christians are leaving the faith in droves. And it's not slowing down. Not only is the church not growing, but the number of people who used to call themselves Christians has dropped by 10% in the last seven years. And even what's even scarier is during that same time period, the people who consider themselves now to be atheists or agnostics has doubled. And I think that's scary, especially for those of us who are looking for the future of the church. And so I believe that during this very challenging time for the church, more than ever, we need to be keeping our eyes open for those moments, those sacramental moments, if you will, that encourage us, that remind us that the Holy Spirit is still working just as actively as the Holy Spirit ever has over the past 2,000 years and even before. We're celebrating an anniversary thinking about these special anniversary moments, these fantastic moments. And I really believe that God just loves ex experiencing these with us and sharing with these us and creating these for us in our lives. But the problem is I think a lot of people miss those when God gives them. Maybe one reason is because just, they just don't see them to be part of God's plan for their lives. And so they're either not aware of them or maybe they're just not looking for them. Or maybe it's just a matter of not keeping in constant communication with our Heavenly Father, who is the one who blesses us with these special moments. The only way to keep our memories of these sacramental moments alive and to be able to really clearly see them for what they are is to make sure that we keep fresh our relationship with God through daily communication with him. And it's this relationship that I really believe where God often creates sacramental moments that encourage us when we're discouraged and teach us when we're just not understanding. And I hope we realize that God wants us to experience, not just up here in our heads, but wants us to really experience life in his kingdom as a living experience of joy. That's something that I also learned from my dad 
is just about living this life here as, as a joy. You know, I, I know that a lot of times people think about living the life of a Christian just means that you just have to live following the rules that God has given to us. But that is not what God intended. That's not the Christian life as far as God is concerned. Um, <clears throat> God's way has real purpose, giving us special moments of joy throughout our lives that are to, to, to fill our lives. You know, there, there people will sometimes ask me, they say, so, you know, why are you a Christian? And, and I think they sometimes expect me to say, well, it's because I want to get to heaven when I die. Well, that's not why I'm a Christian, even though I know that's ahead for me. But the reason I'm a Christian, because it is the most joyful life that I can live in relationship with God. I'm a Christian because I, it, is, it is a life of joy. Let me give you another example using one more sacramental moment uh, just to kind of let you know what I mean. Uh, it's about that girl that I talked about at the very beginning of, our, uh, of my message here, the one that I had made eyes with in the library. And, and I got to know her, and I dated her throughout that year. But that, that next year, she moved away to a different college, and I lost touch with her for some months. But I knew where her college was. And one winter morning, this was back in the Midwest, one winter morning, I got in my van and I started driving to her college. And I was driving through ice and snow and I had, I remember pulling over to put chains on my van and I remember the chains breaking while I was driving them. I was risking my life. <laughs> <laughs> And I really surprised her. And of course, she was thrilled to see me. Um, and, and she later said, she says, I, I didn't know that you would want to continue a relationship with me after I had gone so far away. Well, Jesus would use stories and moments like that. To, and, and he would say, you want to know what life in relationship with me is all about? It's like a college student who, when he, the love of his life moves away, uh, he will risk his life. He will drive through ice and snow to go find her and, and, and to claim her as his. Um, and they live joyfully ever after. <laughs> My point is these sacramental moments of joy should be some of the most precious of things that are most dear to us. Remember sacramental moments, the, the definition are experiences where God makes his presence known and lifts us up, making the experience beyond ordinary so that it will be extraordinary. That's all about joy. Now, the world is really good at trying to pull us away from that, to try to, to, try to discourage us from that, to try to get us away from this relationship with God. But maybe during this time of this anniversary remembrances. Maybe we can make a point to keep our eyes open for those sacramental moments of life, to realize that we, as children of God, that we have a relationship that is lasting, and, and, and to realize what is important about that relationship and what is not. And knowing these sacramental moments that have been coming all the way along throughout our lives, we can be sure that God is going to continue to give us those special sacramental moments on into the future. You know, grace is a special place of sacramental moments that I still claim today. Grace 
help my parents raise me as a child. And I think they probably needed a whole lot of help, right, Mom? Um, <laughs> 34 years ago, Grace ordained me as a pastor of Christ Church and commissioned Ruth and me to be missionaries uh, of God's love to the ends of the earth. It happened actually over in that other sanctuary over there. Grace also baptized our daughter Jessica and then sent my brother Tim and dad off on their heavenly journey. And so as you continue to celebrate, pay attention to those sacramental moments of life, the moments and memories that after all is said and done are the ones that you are going to remember as being most important. And they're most important, remember, because God is there and doing something very special there. May God continue to bless grace as a life-giving place of sacramental moments for each one of you in the next 50 years. Amen.